Good morning, Joe. Well, good morning. It's good to be here, and I'd like to welcome all of you to the Prairie Dock Radio Program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Dock, is in the studio, ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a primary care physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings, and he's also a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Hogan. Good morning, Joan Hogan. Good to see you. I'd also like to welcome our guest today, a repeat guest, Dr. Paul Johnson, an entomologist at South Dakota State University. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Joan. Nice to have you here as a a, a world expert on bugs. Bugs. Mm. The bug man. The entomologist. What have you been called? Bugs. Those those, those are just small little tiny things that are out there. (laughs) You, um, there is a TV show called Brain Dead. Have you seen that? Actually, I have to apologize and say no, I have not seen that yet. So So it's about the creepiest thing I've ever seen, but it's all tongue-in-cheek because it's happening in Washington and these bugs uh, from outer space are crawling into the ears of some of the politicians and they kill part of the brain and push it out the other ear (laughs) and then they become contentious and it's causing a split of the parties that where there was at one time harmony and discussion and now they're you know they're antagonistic so this is another form of plausible deniability (laughs) (laughs) but these ant-like creatures are the are the bad guys and they crawl into a person's ear and then change oh okay Okay. and so i mean it's just that classic horror idea of a person being changed yes yes okay by these bad influences Joan, you've not seen the show i've not seen the show but it ties in perfectly with the first call we had a call just before the program came in you're talking about ants that crawl into the ears someone called and wanted to know how to get rid of earwigs and i said to paul (laughs) earwigs are they in people's ears he said no 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 they're on her plants probably yeah you tell us about yeah let's talk about earwigs that's the interesting how do they get the name earwigs our kids have been talking about earwigs uh all weekend i mean joni and i are going well why are they talking about earwigs okay well this is the time of year when they start showing up in this part of the world okay Uh, they like it when it's hot and humid and you know there's all the chances of frost are gone so they're and the plants are growing there's a lot of nice soft plant tissues out there to feed on especially flowers and uh, um, the adults have these pincher like structures on the end of the abdomen and uh, they use them for defensive purposes but they also use them for just holding on to each other when they're mating uh, the earwig part of the name, though, is, comes from old Europe, where they were thought to get into people's ears um, because they would hide in the in the straw mattresses and bales that people would sleep on. And so and we're not sleeping on straw anymore. We're probably safe. Is that it? Or sleeping in the roses. Yes. Oh, yeah. don't sleep oh, in the so roses. Not sleep in the roses. <laughs> no rose beds to okay. sleep in. So, uh, so earwigs really aren't in our houses. They're really on the they plants. They will get into the houses yeah. just simply because they're out and about and okay. exploring the world. But well, how do you get rid of them? She'd like to know. I'll just sweep them outside. They're basically harmless to people. But um, what about to the plants? What are they doing to the plants? Oh, and how do you get rid of if, them on plants? You, um, in the garden, they're generally not really a big problem because there's predators and parasites that will get them all the time, including birds even the songbirds that are in the flower garden will do that Um, but if you do have a large population of them that's getting into the house then 
um, find that hole in the leak in your house. Yeah, it's, the, it's sort of the usual thing is, is, is plug up the cracks and crevices to keep them from coming in. And yeah, there, there's a lot of insecticides that can be sprayed around the foundation of the house that will work. That's not really a, a big problem. What, what insecticide do you recommend? I don't so recommend insecticides. Well, there, that's what, that's what <laughs> yeah. you, I was going to say, you just yeah. recommended an insecticide? I thought, yeah. no. No, no, he no. just said they're they're around. He didn't yeah. say it was for them. They're around, yeah. right? Yeah. And okay. You don't, don't recommend. Don't them. don't yeah. worry about them. Vacuum they cleaners uh, work very well yeah. on these <laughs> and many other bugs in the house. Uh, the problem is that most people don't dump out the the uh, dust bags of the vacuum cleaners right away. So, so they, then they crawl out they of them. They crawl out yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, so um, no, no, the in this case, this is one of these things where a little bit of little bit of landscape sanitation around the foundation of the house will help a lot. So, so and wh what do you mean by landscape um, well, sanitation? Well, not letting organic matter uh, build up too, too heavy. Because they'll, they'll feed on like decaying leaves and plants and plants, flowering plants that are next to the house, okay. that sort of thing. So. Paul, are you a gardener? Oh, yes. yes well, then yes. I'm curious, since you don't believe in insecticides, how do you keep the bugs No, 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 no? no it's not that okay. I don't believe in insecticides. Right. It's that I don't recommend insecticides. Well, uh, then when you garden, do you use insecticides? Sometimes. Oh, you do yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Okay, because there are bugs You don't recommend insecticides. Now, what do you, I mean, I'm not quite catching Well, but it's mean. because personally I'm willing to tolerate a little bit of damage to your the, to the plants, plants, yeah. Now, granted, there are situations. Let's say you've got, uh, 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 you know, a couple of dozen broccoli plants out in the veggie garden, and the cabbage butterflies are going crazy. Well, or the cabbages and that sort of thing. And okay, uh, if you don't have a uh, a cover over them to keep the caterpillars off, then yeah, you might have to put on a an insecticide dust like diatomaceous earth or or even a chemical insecticide. Mm -hmm. um, but you you know do it do it judiciously because you're going to be eating those plant parts later on. So yeah. you don't want to um, be eating the 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 chemical. Uh, you don't want to be eating the chemical, and some people object to all that added protein that comes with uh, with the cabbage. So. Yeah, <laughs> so. I had okay. I have to brag that I have a um, I had a head of lettuce uh, plant uh, that I got at Madari Acres that I planted in my garden, and it actually grew into a beautiful head of lettuce. And then I didn't harvest it quite as quick as I should have. Yeah, yeah. And then so. it became uh, the meal of a few bugs or whatever it was. And I decided, but I still wanted to try to harvest it and eat it. And so it took a fair amount of pulling uh, leaves away and, and so on and so Rinsing. forth. But it ended up on our kitchen, uh, in, in the kitchen and then on our in our salad bowls. And it was delicious. Mm -hmm. And I actually, mm -hmm. this year, was successful in growing a head of lettuce. Yeah. Where yeah. I've I've grown a lot of head of lettuces for a lot of animals before that but never. But this time you get to eat it with a little bit of protein added. <laughs> yes, right? with okay. added little added protein. <laughs> well, we're going to take our first break. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying this discussion. Dr. Johnson will also discuss uh, the connections between insects and human health, and we can do that right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Joan Hogan. Dr. Holm is here in the studio ready to answer any questions you might have. And today we're discussing bugs and insects with Dr. Paul Johnson, who is an entomologist at South Dakota State University. So, I mean, we, we were just talking earlier. What is more dangerous, Paul? Uh, a little extra protein from the bugs that, that are, have been on our plant or are on our plant versus the chemicals that we use to keep those bugs from being on our plant. 
Well, that's really a lot of opinion at this point because a lot of the uh, newer chemicals, uh, which, which some have, have bad uh, reputations, the neonicotinoids, are much, much safer now for our health than the old uh, organic chemical uh, pesticides that used to be used. But you still have to be very careful with them and be, be very judicious. Uh, you know, on a commercial, industrial scale of farming, uh, gardening, then uh, yeah, you have to make use of them just because of the large areas and the large number of plants. But on a home garden situation, uh, there's a lot of techniques that can be used for, for uh, keeping the plants clean and uh, minimizing the, the Ug factor, yeah, having the bugs. So. Right, the ug but factor it, is not a dangerous thing, though. The I mean, ug factor it. is is merely cosmetic. That yeah. there's there's no innate health issues. There it is. So that's a that's a point. Yeah. And I mean, that from the insects, but now you you can get uh, fungus and bacterial infections from yeah. the damage from the insects, and yeah. those you have to be be careful of. So, right. So. Well, I think if it looks, you know, if you can clean it off or tear off the parts that look damaged, you're pretty safe. I yes. mean. That's like corn on the cob, you know, okay, there's a little worm there, no big deal. Cut that part away and then no, yeah, and just then boil it. Cut it away. Just, or or the blemish on the apple, whatever it might be. Just, yeah. You know. Or the or the uh, lettuce head with the little squirrely thing that just kind of crawled out of there. You just kind of peel that part that's kind of ooey and gooey. He's really and proud and of that head of lettuce, isn't <laughs> he? he? Did is you notice proud, that? Yeah. I, I hope and the whole family enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah we did. did. We oh, did. good. Say, today, uh, with an entomologist here, what is prime in the news and has been for the past month is this Zika virus. Do you have any updates oh, on it or what to expect? I thought you were going to ask me if I had Zika. You don't no, have no, it. No, no. Do you have any updates on what is happening with the Zika virus, especially in our area? Yeah. In our area, it's a zero problem. That's um, what we will want to hear. Will there be a problem? And we'll, I mean, does it, is it ever going to be spread by other than the Anopheles mosquito? Well, there's two, two species of mosquito right now that are implicated as being vectors or potential vectors. Okay. Neither of them occur in South Dakota. Ever. Um, can't say ever uh, because their populations and their range do vary considerably depending on the annual variation in weather patterns. And right. But they're, they're basically tropical species. They move up into the Midwest only so far as, as say, the middle latitudes, and they don't, don't reach South Dakota. Now, the, the CDC and other uh, health monitoring agencies, they map out the potential occurrence, and that brings it up you know, into northern Iowa and southern Minnesota, but that's hypothetical stuff. That's that's mm -hmm. not reality on the ground. Right. Uh, uh, we don't have those two species of 80s here. Uh, they're basically tropical, and so the real concern is if you're going that's to a tropical 80s. country and and could be exposed. Um, but right now, as I understand it, the the uh, um, actual infection and symptom issues involved are, are uh, uh, relatively minor, especially for men, and uh, for women that are not within a, uh, you know, uh, baby uh, age. I think it's six weeks now, they're talking six to eight weeks of, of, of uh, becoming pregnant or being in an early stage of pregnancy. Right. Right. So, and so, you know. So it's fairly safe. Simple thing is. What know. isn't safe around here is West Nile. That does affect our mosquitoes, well, but right? West Nile has been here for many years now, and most of us, more, more likely than not, are, are already exposed and carrying the virus. And, but uh, we just don't express the symptoms. It's um, okay. uh, West Nile affects mostly people, at least the standard description is people that are 
uh, have compromised immune systems either due to other health issues or age. Um, I've seen though a younger person come down with this neuro-specific uh, illness that that causes uh, that caused uh, almost paralysis, uh, weakness, a, a polio kind of a, a thing that was temporary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, and and I'm I'm looking at their immune system and and wasn't that uh, bad. And of course, uh, the result, the consequence over the long haul was. Uh, very minimal uh and but it's a real deal if you get it i mean it can be oh yeah it can be and there's something to be watching on the watch for yeah. especially if you're somebody that's outside frequently in an area where where west nile is known to be concentrated and so. particularly if you're immunocompromised as you say yeah. i mean that that, yeah. that guy is going to be in in trouble if you get it right or more chance of it being right. and unfortunately the mosquitoes that that vector west nile are very very abundant around here and uh, uh I sort of joked with my wife last night, in fact, uh, when uh, I was working on the computer uh, and uh, I felt a mosquito bite and I said, uh-oh, I've got it again. So <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Keep getting it. So, uh -oh. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's something to be concerned about, but for the majority of people. Uh, it's, it's more important, I think, to avoid mosquito bites for general encephalitis and other virus issues than it is West Nile per se. Um, it's not uh, uh, so. I, you're you're saying that it's a good idea to avoid mosquitoes. Mosquitoes bites. in general, yeah. Uh, and what's the biggest risk factor here? Mosquitoes or ticks or if you're just living for, in for just for any disease yeah. factor? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be mosquitoes. Yeah, uh, ticks and mosquitoes sort of maybe on balance depending on the actual situation you live in. If you're in an urban or suburban area, then it would be mosquitoes. If you're in a rural area, then you've got both to deal with. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break. Um, this interesting discussion on the bugs among us, and we'll be back right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today. Dr. Holm and I have as a guest in our studio today, Dr. Paul Johnson, who is an entomologist at South Dakota State University. And we've been talking about ticks and mosquitoes. And what's up next, Dr. Holm? Yeah, well, I, I, um, I've had patients come in who have had major bites that I've thought were spider bites. Um, and the reason I thought was because it hurt so bad when it occurred and uh, they had a significant reaction. And there's been recently some news about uh, another major sp spider bite they thought was brown recluse of, uh, in near here. Tell me about what you know about that. Well, most of the spider bites that we have around here are purely accidental and unfortunately are attributed uh, to uh, mystical spiders because uh, 99 times out of 100, when somebody comes in with a presumed spider bite or a diagnosed spider bite, there's no spider to blame or to identify. Oh, it's a mystical spider. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and so it's one of those things that, well, if you really want to know what's going on, we really need to see the critter that uh, you think did the bite. Yes. And, uh, and it becomes especially important when we're dealing with things like hobo spiders or brown recluse spiders. What was the first one? Hobo spider. Hobo. Yeah, that's that's a named after South Dakota State University. Or well, uh, I won't get into that. There might be some um, <laughs> public relations issues there, but uh, uh, it's an introduced spider from Europe that uh, showed up on the West Coast uh, several decades ago and has been gradually been moving eastward, and uh, it can be uh, aggressive and it can give defensive bites. Um, 
And most spider bites, um, if uh, uh, toxins are injected, will cause some uh, necrosis of the tissues. And so you'll get a little ulceration of some sort, if, if not just a, you know, a painful uh, inflammation. Um, but a lot of critters will cause those kinds of bites. And any, even a mosquito bite can go that far sometimes. And so you really have to be careful. And if at all possible, if you know you got bit by something, grab the thing and, and bring it in. Um, you know, you wouldn't like me uh, uh, playing doctor, and uh, you shouldn't be playing entomologist. <laughs> so it's, uh, oh, 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 Suck it to you. And so, you know, we need to work together on saying, yes. you know, if, if, if this is a real problem and a person is reacting, we really need as much information as we can. Yeah. But when it comes to things like those two spiders, uh, we don't have brown recluse up here. It's never, ever been recorded from South Dakota other than from occasional freight shipments. Yeah. That come up from from the southern states. So, are uh, spiders insects? No, no, they're an entirely different group of arthropods. So, yeah, no, yeah. you'd have to go back uh, several hundred million years to find any close relationship between them. Really? So, so I mean, uh, you, you always talk. Uh, the, the question was, uh, are they insects? And the answer is, they're not insects. No. So define. And all spiders are predators. That's, well, that's what they are. They, they, are, they are predators. And yes. kill. So, and yeah, they, and they eat meat, or technically they eat the juices of the meat that they kill. So yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, so. but explain what an insect is then. Well, we have the basic structural things like the, that you learn in grade school, of the three body parts, head, thorax, abdomen. Uh, but, but the most characteristic thing is they have six legs and wings. No other arthropod group has wings that they actually fly with. So if the thing's flying around, it's an insect. Okay. So spiders don't fly. Fl spiders they, do not what fly. Are they at, at the best, jump at the from best, spot to spot? The best they can do is a few that will jump, and then the, the little ones will float in the air on strands of silk. And it might look like they're flying, but they're, they're not. No, they're floating they're on air. So. They're ballooning. Yeah, it's a yeah. ballooning. Ballooning. Yeah, that's the term that's used. Didn't know this. So. Yeah. So no. So, so what other arthropods are there that are not insects that we commonly call insects? Oh, the ticks. The mice, tick is not uh, an insect. Centipedes. You know, any creepy little crawly thing that sort of falls under that generic category of bug. A, so. a bug. <laughs> so a bug. We can call them a bug. How about an ant? Ant has wings sometimes. Uh, the reproductive stages of ants have wings, but the regular worker stage does not. But so and so an ant is an insect. An ant is an insect. It's got all the other characteristics of an insect. And three legs. Yeah. Or, uh, three three, uh, three pairs of legs, six legs, and and uh, and they have the, the, all the other basic body structures of an insect. So, so let uh, I have another question. I, I I talked about with a patient earlier this spring uh, when the 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 gnats come out before the mosquitoes. It seems like I see people with welts and with an, a, a horrendous allergic reaction to the, to them, the gnats early on. Right, and then it kind of wanes as the season goes on because people, uh, it's sort of like how uh, uh, you treat uh, a an allergy to cats with giving them a little bit of cat and a little bit of cat and a little bit more and a little bit more, and your immune system uh, uh, fixes itself. And so what happens when you get up to the tiger level? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you, uh, then a the, little more, the, little then more. the jaws <laughs> kill the, the person and then you don't have an allergic reaction anymore. No. <laughs> but my point, my question is, 
Uh, uh, do you know about the allergic reactions to uh, gnats and or can we talk about gnats? Those are mostly histamine uh, reactions. Uh, so when uh, the fly is the black fly or, or the little smaller ones that are called punkies or noceums because they're so tiny they're yes, hard to see. The uh, it, it, it's a, uh, basically an allergic response yes. uh, much like the mosquito bite but a little more intense as you say. And, so and I think that same thing happens with mosquitoes mm. too. Early on we get welts and then it gets less as we uh, our IgG at, uh, um, at, attacks and covers the the uh, the antigen, mm -hmm. and we no longer have the um, the uh, IgE yeah. reaction. And a lot of places, uh, this this will disappoint a lot of people, is that a lot of the places that those biting flies will go out, go to are the dark areas. Uh, they like to fly up under the the, the visors of caps and uh, bite around the eyes and they focus on the eyes because they're darker than the surrounding oh, really? skin for why, why Caucasians anyway so yeah 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 but why yeah. do they go and, after and the darker areas? you know back of the ears, the ears because it's dark there they just like the dark areas and they they, they focus in uh, on that oh, that's uh, and also areas where perfumed chemicals are added to the body so they go after so. perfumes and under caps and behind the ears. Well, and, and then they're also attracted by lactic acid and carbon dioxide. And so, um, yeah, if you're in black flight country, the best thing to do is go without deodorant and don't breathe. And stop breathing. <laughs> yeah, That's so, right. yeah. On that note, we're going to take our <laughs> final break. We have had an interesting question come in about some bugs that are bothering one of our listeners, and we'll get to that right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We have Paul Johnson here in the studio talking about insect bites, and we had a caller with a question, and we're going to get to that right now. This caller is getting bug bites while in the garden that are not mosquitoes. Could they possibly be chiggers? They really itch. If you can define them, also, how is she or he going to get relief from this extreme itch? Good question. What is the answer? Well, it, it, my, my first thought really is after our last conversation is that it could very well be the uh, biting gnats, uh, the black flies or, or noceums, but it could also be things like chiggers and, and other mites that are coming up out of the, uh, the grass and the garden materials. So, so. define a, a chigger and where do you, how do you get exposed to chiggers? Well, a chigger is an immature stage of a mite. Uh, these large, oftentimes these large uh, red velvet colored mites that are common in uh, dry areas and open soil areas. And the immatures feed on the blood of small animals, but they will also get on to people. Okay. And when they bite, it's again, it's another allergic reaction and it, it can be very itchy, sometimes painful. And do um, they burrow underneath and then you cover no, they, with they, clear No, they, they get into the uh, pores, skin okay. pores. So they're in the pores, do you yeah. cover it with the clear nail polish, is that, is that any help? You, usually by the time you're feeling the itch, uh, they're gone. They're they, they have fed and gone, but, but the, their <laughs> saliva, uh, uh, salivary enzymes that they've injected are still there. And so, the uh, itch, and of course the nail polish is, it gives you an idea that you're doing something. That's about all it does. That's all it does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So now you talked earlier about black flies, mm. and you were talking about gnats, and you called them a black fly. Well, there's, there's several kinds of biting flies we have around here that are not mosquitoes. Uh, there's the black flies, there's the little tiny noceums, and then of course we've got the horse flies and the deer flies. Horse flies and deer flies most people know because when they bite you feel it very painful and you get a nice flow of blood uh, as long as the saliva is there because they have anticoagulants in there. The yeah. uh, black fly, but they normally don't cause that big 
uh, allergic reaction. Right. Uh, it's it's those uh, other biting flies, the the black flies and the nosiums, which are gener generally referred to as gnats. The gnats um, that have um, the itching. That give the the itch. Yeah. Right. And they and they uh, develop in in uh, wet areas, in streams and ponds and right. that sort of thing. And um, you talked about a midge. A midge is they're very very common around here. They also develop in wet areas, ponds, lakes, streams. But these are these these mosquito appearing type insects that form these huge swarms that come into lights at night in huge numbers. Right. Um, people freak out about them thinking they're mosquitoes, but they're absolutely harmless. They're mayflies. S well, their life cycles could, are sort of similar to mayflies. Uh, they don't feed. The, the adults only exist to, to mate and disperse. Uh, they spend most of their lives as larvae down in the muck on the bottom of the, the, the waterway. Oh. Can we go? I, I'm interrupting you, but so I always go back to the listener's question, Doctor Holm. What do you suggest for those extreme itches? What do you suggest they use? I I, I like Allegra, generic Allegra in the morning and Zyrtec That's a pill. at night That's instead a pill. of Benadryl. I avoid Benadryl because it causes you to be sleepy. It only lasts six hours. It's no more effective than the Allegra or the Zyrtec. Get the generic version of those, by the way. And, uh, and the other thing is a little topical hydrocortisone might be helpful. Wouldn't I think that's topical about Benadryl help, though? Topical no, Benadryl? No. It doesn't. Topical well, that Benadryl, doesn't put you to sleep, No, does it? but topical Benadryl doesn't do anything. Oh, And uh, okay. so don't do topical Benadryl. And do topical? Hydrocortisone. Hydrocortisone. Cordaid or cord okay. cortisone. You can get a half percent or a one percent, okay. you know. While you were talking, we had another caller with a suggestion. She put this powder called Flowers of Sofa in her shoes, and it kept chiggers away. Do you think that would work for flies? I've never heard of this powder. I've never heard of it. Flowers of Sofa. Well, I've heard of that uh, being have. used uh, against ticks and mites before. Uh, it's an old it's a uh, powder. remedy. It, 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 it's a sulfur compound. Yeah, it comes oh. as a powder. If um, you're not allergic to sulfur... But you could be allergic to sulfur. I'm sure there's a problem there. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you were allergic yeah. to sulfur, this wouldn't be a good idea. Yeah. No. But um, it does help this person with chiggers, and it might help with flies. Is that what you're saying? It probably not, because she says she, or that person says uh, it's being put into her shoes or socks, and it can stay there while she, uh, that person is active. Whereas if you're going to sprinkle it in your hair, on your shoulders, wherever, where the mosquitoes are going to bite or the biting flies, you know, that's going to... That won't do off. any good. That's, that's not oh. going to do a whole heck so of a lot. So what do you okay. what do you think about uh, mosquito repellent and uh, safety and ways of applicant? Well, well and we're almost out of time. We yeah, got less there, than there's a lot of colloquial ways of keeping mosquitoes away. Uh, there's a lot of plants. Um, uh, there's campfire smoke. Um, they're good as long as you're sitting in that plume of smoke or chemical. Yeah. But once you uh, move it aside to the other side of the table, you're not in it, and the mosquitoes will come after you. So you like so. the spray? <laughs> <laughs> you're not Unf a chemical guy. Unfortunately, uh, what's available, the best stuff is still DEET for all the pro other problems yeah. it, it causes. Spray yeah. it on your clothes, though, mostly, and, and be very conservative on, on, on the other areas. Yes, yes. yes. There it okay. is. Yeah. Well, thank Please you so thank much. You we hope all here. of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Uh, Dr. Holm, thank you so much for being with us, and Dr. Johnson, we're happy to have you too, and that's all till next There's week. There's a bug show tomorrow night. Don't forget to watch it, and thank you, Paul, and thanks, Joan and Bob. Stay healthy. Thank you. people.